0: Well, hello and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. It is my pleasure today to welcome back once again by popular demand, my good friend, uh, your pastor, Pastor Jeff Shaw. Great to have you with us, Jeff. Thank good, you for joining us. Good to be here during this coffee hour and right. discussion <laughs> hour. Right. Well, listen, um, <laughs> uh, we have had, where we're sitting now, it is uh, Wednesday, 24th of August. So we've had one of your uh sermons from Genesis so far, we've got another one coming up this Sunday, which by the time this podcast goes out will be last Sunday. And Lord willing, we've got a few more. I don't know how many uh, in the Neither next few Neither do months. I. Yeah, yeah, but they're going <laughs> to come. No, this this series uh, in um, the book of Genesis, you're going to be jumping back and forth in and out of the pulpit uh, and bringing us, well, you had a particular description, the ser- series title, and that prompted a thought in my mind, we should do a podcast on that and try and explain what we mean by that. Uh, because i think it opens up some important uh subjects for interpreting the scriptures and for understanding our faith so give us a quick rundown on the the title of the series and what lies
1: behind that yeah it's um i think the title was simply the gospel according to genesis which i think in my sermon i mentioned that that would be an appropriate title for just any book in the old testament right because the gospel is proclaimed and displayed through all of scripture right um so it's nothing really unique there, but I think it's important to see the whispers of uh, of the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. Christ Jesus wherever we go. Yeah, yeah, in the scripture. Yeah. So that that was the intent is uh, to show Jesus all over the pages of Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and just, lest anybody should doubt, like this is not
0: just a. An insight that comes from systematic theology or biblical theology, the, mm-hmm. the discipline of systematizing or seeing in the broader biblical context the teaching of the Bible—it's actually right there in the text. I'm always, I always think of Genesis, uh, Genesis Galatians three, hmm. where um, Paul says that God, uh, Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, mm-hmm. preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying in you shall all the nations be blessed. So that quotation, which comes from Genesis 15, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 no, sorry, so Gen- <laughs> that's from Genesis 12, right. the, the previous quotation, <laughs> Genesis 15, um, that is described in the New Testament as the gospel. Mm-hmm. So the gospel is, among other things, there are many different ways of describing what the gospel right. is. Absolutely. But one of the ways of describing the gospel is in the words of Genesis 12, 3, Uh, in you shall all the nations of the earth find blessing, Mm -hmm. which is, it underlines and emboldens what you're saying, right? Right. Uh, And I'd I'd just love to dig into that a little bit more. So why don't you first, uh, putting on the spot here, trying to get you to remember last week's sermon, but sketch out for us just to remind us um, what you, uh, some of the ways in which you saw Christ and um, uh, anticipations of the gospel in Genesis three, where you preached from last time, and and then maybe we'll move on from that and think about some other passages of Genesis
1: and some border sure. issues. Yeah. So uh, my my message itself, I don't think was so much um, really just showing Christ in the promise of three fifteen in particular, but um, kind of an application driven sermon about how do how how do we see Adam dealing with his sin, Adam and Eve dealing with their sin. How do we see ourselves dealing with our sin and the, it's the same way as Adam and Eve and mm-hmm. God has a different remedy, right? right? But I think with that second point of God's remedy is uh, not to deflect sin. It's not to blame others for sin um, and justify ourselves in the process, but... Uh, and hopefully this wasn't too cute a point. You know, you want to be careful in preaching not to be yeah, cute or yeah. something. But well, So the text says. Not yeah, so right. Makes, exactly. Makes yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it was true to say, look, I, th- I think that what God does is he justifies us. Mm. There is the need for justification. He justifies us, but he does so by condemning sin and sinful man. And he does that by blaming his son, essentially, mm-hmm. by making yes, his yeah, son yeah. sin. So, yeah, I think that the the promise of 315 that, uh, he uh, shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel is a mm-hmm, promise mm-hmm. Of, of what will happen at the cross and the resurrection. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Jesus will and, crush the head of the serpent. And what's mm-hmm. interesting about that, I think,
0: and this is a conviction I remember being really blessed by when it was first hammered into me many years ago, is that the idea that when we talk about the Old Testament anticipations of Christ or the gospel preached in advance, in the Old Testament scriptures. Mm -hmm. What we're not saying is we're just making reference to the explicit promises of a suffering Messiah. Right. So it's not just Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the shape of vast swathes of scripture, it's little incidents, it's Mm -hmm. uh, individual characters and events and objects and buildings and ceremonies which may speak of Christ's suffering and death, or it might speak about us, right. it might speak about the church, it might speak about many different things at once. And in effect, what's happening is our vision of the gospel is being expanded to encompass not just the, the, the cross and resurrection of Christ, which are at the heart of the gospel, but all its implications, mm-hmm. and both the heart of the gospel and its implications are all anticipated in those Old Testament texts. History is typological right. in that sense. Yeah,
1: it's types and shadows. Right, and types and shadows of promises. Promises, and the New Testament is all, you know, it's fulfillment of those promises. Right,
0: right, right, good. So mm. so talk us through, I, mean, I don't want to get you to blow your cover for us, but by the time we hear this on the podcast, we'll have, we'll have those of us who are all saints, will have heard your sermon this coming Sunday. Which is yeah. un- underdeveloped at this point. Right, we're <laughs> still working on it. It, only it is right? only Wednesday. Yeah, so mm. um, do you want to, uh, Talk about that, or other other things like later in Genesis. You can give us a sense of other things that you're seeing in Genesis that point to Christ or point to aspects of the gospel. And then maybe what we should do is sort of zoom out and look at this from the point of view of the New Testament and see how some New Testament texts draw attention. Yeah. Is.
1: Well, I can you know I can steal my own thunder since this isn't sure. going to get released until <laughs> <laughs> after my sermon comes so out. But I, I mean, I did not have to go looking for the gospel of salvation by grace through grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, mm-hmm. very hard in Genesis right. 6. Right, I mean, right, right. you know, Noah found favor with God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Noah, uh, God uh, initiated a covenant yes, with yes. Noah. Um, Noah was justified by his faith, by his obedience, by mm-hmm. doing the things that God commanded him to do, mm. um, and, uh, and doing so in the face of tremendous opposition. And, and just, then, yeah, just and to then, press pause on that, yeah.
0: what you slipped in there Noah was justified by his faith, by his obedience. Yes, you, <laughs> there's, there's, I thought I slipped that in there. You, nobody noticed that, right? <laughs> no, no, uh, do you, you want to cast that out for us and um hmm. call attention to what you mean? Because I think what, what hmm. you're highlighting is that one of the benefits of the, the Old Testament scriptures seeing the Old Testament scriptures in the light of Christ right. and seeing Christ in them, is that they do call our attention to aspects of the, the gospel which have been neglected in sure. contemporary Reformed and evangelical preaching. Right. And one of those aspects is the place of obedience, mm-hmm. which is, of course, all over the New Testament, but sure. for some strange reason, people miss it.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. We don't only have to rely upon James to teach us that faith is essentially, a, you know, it's an action. It's a it's right. It's an, it's an it's obedient obedience. response yes. to the call. Hebrews 11 is yes. also replete with with that kind of um, theology, right? That, mm-hmm. that faith is is yes. reacting. It's, it's, obviously, it's rooted in the promises of God. Mm-hmm. God always initiates a covenant. God always yes. makes promises. But then yes. he calls us to respond to those promises, and our faith right. is displayed by All doing God's so. Response. So you think about with Noah, he had to spend – I'm sure I'll develop this in the sermon, but now it's probably old hat – that's kind of a weird time warp. It is there, a weird right? time
0: warp we live in when you do this, anyway. But you
1: carry on. <laughs> But you know, he had to spend, I, I believe, a hundred years building yeah. the ark, probably because he it was five it five hundred years You've old when he had his yeah, sons, yeah, yeah. and six hundred years old when the when the, when the flood came in. So, I mean, what was he doing that whole time? And God had said, you know, my man is so wicked my spirit will only contend with him for for 120 years i don't Mm. think that was necessarily shortening his days to 120 years of length but really saying you know i'm giving him 100 years Mm. before Mm. i bring the flood upon the earth and so noah had to do that you have to imagine he did that in the face of mocking and opposition and it's endurance faith is endurance Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a lifetime and it, it it does matter how we start and how we finish. So it's, it's fascinating then because uh, you're right.
0: Obviously, James chapter two calls mm-hmm. attention to the place of an obedient response of our lives, fitting hand in glove with the faith of our hearts and our commitment to Christ. I'm always amused when people talk about Paul tr- um, contradicting James. If Paul contradicts James and Paul contradicts himself, because in Romans, um, Paul's task is to call people from all the nations to the obedience of faith yeah and he mentions it's exactly the same phrase in, at the end of the letter it's like a little uh, inclusio the whole mission of Paul set out in his uh most elaborate letter in defense of his ministry and his, and his gospel is to call people to the obedience of faith and however you pass that genitive relation it's like yeah. there is an intertwined connection between the commitment of our hearts which is, you might say, faith and mm-hmm. the obedience that necessarily flows from a committed heart. Sure. But what I love myself about reading and expounding the Old Testament is it's just unmissable mm-hmm. because it's narrated in Noah's life. If he didn't believe God's warning of judgment mm-hmm. and promise of grace, he wouldn't have built the boat. And they <laughs> wouldn't have been saved. And so, the, this idea of pulling apart faith from a faithful response of obedience in an attempt to secure the gospel that actually undermines the gospel and it's it's texts like Genesis 6 that make that just unmissable right right
1: right yeah I mean if, Paul doesn't have a different view from James of what faith is because every every letter he writes may begin with indicatives but it always ends with imperatives and I I guess
0: if I'm just this prompts a um, a reaction or a comment or two about mm. the the broader reformed and evangelical world. I, mm. I think we all can see why there's a concern to emphasize the place of faith and never to lose that. And the central, the character of faith is that disposition of our hearts which depends on Christ and which is our relationship with Christ from mm-hmm. our perspective, that's how right. Calvin would put it. And, and yet at the same time, um, it, is is it more of a problem in the contemporary evangelical world that we've f- lost sight of salvation and justification by faith or is it more of a problem that there's a kind of easy believism or a kind of complacency yeah i don't know actually hmm. but i'd rather not have hmm. either yeah i'd rather have right. people who in their hearts deeply trusted and loved christ and and felt a kind of almost visceral dependence on him particularly in painful circumstances like noah's life right and then at the same time don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself do what it says right um and yeah i'm yeah it's going to be exciting just um more from yeah know, i'm yeah. going <clears> to <throat> preempt your next sermon you, you were talking earlier and <clears throat> i know you've been teaching the bible and theology classes for the seventh and eighth graders You've been doing Genesis.
1: Yeah, Genesis, I'm cheating a little bit by starting a sermon series <laughs> in Genesis. Not, that's where not I've been, cheating. That's okay. just. A, that's just um, Time management? No, it's. I'll tell you what.
0: <laughs> let's, let's, let's tell them how we really do things, right? When we're, when you're a pastor, you do only have a certain number of t- hours in the day. Yeah. But one of the things, I remember we talked about what sermon series, what sermons you should preach on. <laughs> and I had some suggestions. But the thing you said was, I'm really excited about Genesis. I am. And. I, I love that about what about you and I, I actually we all love it in a preacher because if through your teaching of the young people at All Saints and at the Oaks you've
1: got really excited about Genesis again and who, who wouldn't right if and we're something. already we've already moved through Genesis because we're this right. is a Bible content yeah, overview yeah, yeah. okay so that's we're already in but, Exodus, but you're, you're but, yeah I mean mm.
0: keep the excitement up yeah. it's like you, you you want to bring mm. that excitement. To the people of God, and, and uh, a preacher who is fired up and animated by what he's teaching is uh, you can't you can't fake it, and, right. and it's just wonderful. So yeah. I, I'm delighted. You, but in that context, anyway, just retracing our steps, mm. you were talking about Joseph.
1: Yeah, and were you in, is that today's class? Yeah, that was today's class. Um, I actually uh, usually I develop my own questions for the class, but I, I encountered this blog that was amazing. That tied seven. Don't tell anybody you read blogs, okay? That would be really bad. Well, yeah. (laughs) I don't, actually, I don't subscribe to anyone's blog, but occasionally I go, you know, I go digging and I found this. It it was just, uh, it was on, I think it was a Gospel Coalition article. And it was a, a blog by somebody who had done a 17 part series on the connections between joseph the life of joseph and Mm, and christ mm. or the parallels between joseph and christ and i thought the exercise for the students because we give them homework every week and this past week's homework was to simply um list for me every citation every biblical citation of uh where did this happen for the life of joseph and then i said for extra credit if you want to find each parallel in the life of christ go finding that one which required them to do a lot more digging on across the pages of the New Testament. I, Only two people took me up on the extra credit thing. I, you but, know, you,
0: I'm, you're you're yeah. making, you're giving harder homework. Am I giving I more work than <laughs> you are? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, well, well I, I did I'm, make I'm it an optional. To, I'm going to step it up half for my on, okay. to 12th graders. Um, <laughs> all right, so so, so, talk us through those parallels, because this is, this is where it gets into the weeds of these, Um, parallels because so we were talking about Noah described as a righteous man blameless in his generation. Uh, He walked with God. um, He found favor in the sight of the Lord. It's easy to see him as a type of Christ. right? Right. But Joseph who's everyone's nightmare little brother (laughs) walking around like look at my cloak. I had these dreams
1: and you were bowing down to me. Well that is where it's I mean that's part of where it starts. I mean he is the beloved son right right, of his father and he is supposed to be, as, as the Lord speaks from heaven in the transfiguration, this is my beloved son whom I love, um, listen to him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're supposed to listen right. to their brother Joseph, even though he is a little bit obnoxious yes. with the way he presents right. his dreams. But, yeah, I mean, at the end, he promises that they're going to bow down to him. What happens at the and end they of do. the day? They do. Right. So
0: you're, you, you would <clears throat> want to pause it in that way. So jo- it's not that what we do is we say, well, because Joseph is a type of Christ, Therefore, everything he did was morally blameless. No. no. But what we do is we we can say, yeah, he's a type of Christ, a flawed one, Mm -hmm. in and through whom the Spirit is speaking about Christ, who will be a flawless
1: one. Right. And there are ways that we can narrow in, you know, Mm -hmm. get get a really close view of ways in which Joseph is a, you know, as a Christ figure. Uh, Like, for instance, that he was. he was turned over to the Gentiles. He was sold for silver. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these yeah, little yeah, yeah. little parallels. It's
0: obviously, a, I mean the fact that it got twenty seven. I mean the yeah. it, it, I'd have thought there's at least twenty seven, you know, there must yeah, be right. <laughs> but
1: yeah. there's there's also overarching ways. Mm-hmm. And the overarching way is that he descended, you know, he descended in his humiliation yes, in order yes. to be exalted. Yes. And this is something we might see more as a pattern beyond right. Joseph, yeah. but yeah. clearly probably no no better pattern than Joseph for yeah. you know um, being humiliated and then being exalted. Right. Well, and see, this is where I think it's helpful to, so we don't
0: need to feel the pressure to sanctify the sinful actions of people like mm-hmm. Joseph or the immature actions, perhaps you should put it, just because they're types of Christ. Because what actually happens is we see Christ even in the contrasts. Right. So Joseph was humiliated in part because of his own foolishness, mm-hmm. whereas Jesus was humiliated entirely because of other people's sin right. and because of his grace and kindness in voluntarily subjecting himself to humiliation. So right. we, you don't have to find parallels. There could be anti parallels, which mm-hmm. are still no less valuable. And sometimes I, mean, I always think of the example of. Um, Uh, abraham sending his servant to find a wife for isaac and uh, robert alter in his book i think i mentioned this to you and i've probably mentioned this to folks at all saints once or twice not everybody perhaps but robert alter has a great book called the art of biblical narrative where he traces all the different old testament um episodes where you have something like boy meets girl at well and starts talking about (laughs) marriage and there are like there are five or six that alter calls attention to alter is a was, I think he's dead now, a liberal Jew. And so he didn't go to John 4. Huh. Right? Where you've got boy meets girl, so Jesus meets Samaritan right. woman at a right. well. And Jesus suddenly, out of the blue, seemingly, says, Go and call your husband. Now so he starts talking about marriage. Right. And when you look at that in the flow of all these previous ones, and, and the Abraham servant wife Isaac is like the archetype, he says go and find a wife for my son from our own people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not what Jesus did. Exactly, it's not what Jesus did. So, so yeah. Abraham is ideally to serve, and it'd be great if you found a really beautiful, uh, well healed <laughs> somebody whom we know, somebody who's part of our community. Jesus goes outside his community and right. finds a woman who's had more husbands than really she ought to have had. And the guy she's now with, well, not even bothered to marry her. She's a, She's at the well in the middle of the day where nobody else is there presumably because nobody wants to hang out with her in the cooler parts of the day when they would all be there in the early morning so she's an outcast and jesus goes to her as a picture of his grace extended beyond his people so again you've got the christological reading of the abraham narrative right you're then going to see the contrast, which magnifies the grace of Christ in in the gospel, which has been preached through Abraham, mm-hmm. and, it's, and so those kind of details just they blow my mind and and they bring the Bible alive. Even the obscure bits. I mean, what was Abraham's servant going to find a wife at a well got to do with anything? What well, turns out quite a lot, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah. You mm-hmm. you mentioned um, when we were talking to, um, before we went online. You mentioned Luke 24. Obviously, yeah. there's a There's a bunch of stuff there where Jesus is talking Emmaus Road, and then with his disciples in the upper room, uh, and he's reflecting on the scriptures. But from the other direction, we've been thinking so far. Let's begin with the Old Testament scriptures and look Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, do you want to take us to Luke 24 and just give Mm. us some thoughts about how we, well, what we learn from this text about what we should expect uh, when we're reading the Old Testament? Because you know Jesus has this conversation. On the Emmaus road, right, um, and later on, you know, final part of the chapter before the ascension, he, he's speaking
1: again, right. Um, what, yeah, what you, when
0: what's in your mind about that?
1: Yeah, so obviously comes up to these to these disciples that do not recognize him, and um, you know, he says, "How, how, oh, foolish ones, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken." Was it not necessary? That's a really interesting way of putting it, mm-hmm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Right. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that that the Christ should have to suffer these things and enter into his glory. I think that the beauty for us as pastors is, and of course we have a lot of tools at our disposal now, right? Mm-hmm. But is to continue to mind the depths yes. of how christ is displayed in the old testament i mean i I do believe in that adage of that's been attributed to augustine right that the new is in the old concealed Concealed. the old is in the new revealed and so it's a constant kind of because if jesus said all of the scriptures Mm. testified to him and that we should see the humiliation and the exaltation of christ in the scriptures then i think we ought to be um, not not in any artificial way mm. finding that, but in a way that is really profoundly saying we do have our new hermeneutic. We have a, a way, we have new glasses, if yes, we will, yeah. right? New way of looking at the Old Testament upon which we're going to interpret it. Yes.
0: And that, that's intriguing because if you look at just the rhetorical stance that Jesus adopts in the first part of that quotation you read. Mm. Oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. That's bordering on a rebuke. Yeah. It's at least right. a, a kind of an expression of mm. <laughs> disappointment or, oh my goodness, you guys. Uh, the point being that they should have got this. Right. The the, the uh, A right reading of the Old Testament scriptures should have disclosed to them that Christ should suffer. Right. And so it shouldn't have been a surprise. Mm-hmm. They're walking along the Emmaus Road thinking, oh, okay, yeah, we'd hope that he'll be the one to redeem Jerusalem and redeem Israel and restore the kingdom. And, and yeah, he can't
1: be now because he's gone and died. Right. <laughs> Jesus' like, Duh, come on. And how many times did Jesus on the way to mm. Jerusalem, yeah. right? At least three times, and I think Matthew mm. doesn't. Now we're going up to Jerusalem. Yes. The Son of Man is going to suffer and be turned over to the chief mm. priests. He's going to be crucified, but he's going to rise yes. in three days and you know, they're they're just not they don't have ears to hear it, right? Mm. And we even say it in our I think it's the Nicene Creed, right? According to the scriptures. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. Well it's 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 there in um First Corinthians fifteen. Yes. It's um I mean it's implied here and you got it later in Luke twenty four. It it it, it caught my attention to almost um I think this is Richard Hayes or Peter Lightheart, or maybe both of them, who point out that um Really really the way to understand the relationship between the Old and New Testaments is best understood as the Old Testament is um, it's propounding a particular reading of the Old Testament. What what mm, so yeah. Jesus, let's say in his Sermon on the Mount, I think it's Peter Lightheart in Against Christianity, he says, What's happens? it's not that Jesus is doing away with Torah and replacing it with something else. He's telling you how to read Torah. Right. So what we've got in the New Testament is that this is how you should be understanding the story of God's dealings with his people up to this point. It's clarifying things you've got wrong and, and um, drawing to its fulfillment, the things that have been in preparation. Right. Um, And, and drawing out of those scriptures, things you might not have noticed. Hmm. So this is, again, I mentioned this to you before we went live, but when, um, Later in the upper room, or in, when he appears to his mm. disciples in verse 45, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed mm. in his name to all nations. And I think, okay, I could imagine rebuking them for not realizing the Christ should suffer because Psalm 22 and a bunch, you know, all sure. the, the types of suffering saviors, mm-hmm. Isaiah 53, and, and all the narratives. Rise from the dead. Well, Ezekiel thirty-seven, Psalm sixteen, whatever. Um, uh, but on the third day, <laughs> that's getting a little more granular. I mean, you, you find you find references to third day events mm. in abundance you don't really find, you certainly don't find an explicit reference to third day resurrection. And it seems that what Jesus no. is, unless you think Jonah, Jonah you think Jonah, Jonah might be the closest, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but even there, it is a typological yeah. connection, right? Yeah. And so the point stands, it's what, what we should be doing when we're looking at the Old Testament scriptures is expecting to find, firstly, details mm-hmm. which are significant. And then secondly, that that significance connects to Christ, Right. and connects to the climax of the ages in him. And to do so, once you start reading the Bible like that, it, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with you was just to give a little fresh impetus to anybody who might need it. Mm-hmm. Um, to just Let's just jump back into the Scriptures with fresh enthusiasm and, and almost every paragraph, every chapter be looking for
1: echoes of christ there right yeah and maybe one of the reasons why we resist that or some people resist that Mm -hmm. is that um they've heard preaching that sounds like it's just a springboard to jesus yeah yeah, yeah. and it's lowest common denominator type of stuff Mm -hmm. right so it's just like you know that reminds me of type of preaching you know that reminds me of jesus let's let's go over to mark now you know and Right. And, and and where we that feel can more be comfortable because s- right. we, we know that was supposed, right. and honestly, it also can be more comfortable in the sense that you know, mm. just to intersect with something we were talking about earlier here um, what is faith? Right? Yeah. Faith is faith is a, an obedient reaction to the promises of God. Yes. Well, yes. you know, if if you preach from the New Testament, um, grace, 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 there, there's no obedience, you know, this it's just Yeah, as though grace removes the necessity for a faithful response. Right. I think it becomes a lot easier if you understand faith as being an obedient response to the promises of God. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to go to the Old Testament and richly preach the same gospel from the Old Testament as the the New. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: Nice. Um, Any final thoughts for us? You're you're going to drop any more hints about where we're going in Genesis, or are you going
1: to keep us in suspense? Well, I think it'll be 9 and then 11 Mm -hmm. and probably uh i haven't decided whether well we were talking about 12 14 or 15 will be next so 9 11 and then i I had a question just the other day about melchizedek
0: is melchizedek jesus there's a question for you pause the video and see if you can figure (laughs) out whether um so so is melchizedek jesus because king of salem priest of god most high Um, psalm 110 obviously is quoted in relation to christ um and then you've got Hebrews seven, which makes right. him. And I, I want to say no beginning well, then, and no end. Yeah, no beginning, no end. Well, he's got no genealogy in Genesis, which uh-huh. makes him look. Right. Like he's got no beginning and no end. Now the,
1: and um, it what, let, let me ask an even know. more fun: Was the author of Hebrews trying us to even assert that? Yes, that Melchizedek is Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so, hmm. and I want to say, well,
0: that, so this is where a reading of the Old Testament, a Christological reading of the Old Testament, can go awry. I think. I don't. I think it would be a mistake to say. Melchizedek is Jesus because mm-hmm. what's happening there is you're you're pushing the incarnation back to before the incarnation right, happened. Right. You can certainly say though that as types of Christ go, Melchizedek is a pretty glittering diamond in the rough. Yep. Right? I mean, it's he's he's a priest whose right to his priesthood comes from the power of an indestructible life, not from his genealogy. Because mm-hmm. obviously Jesus was from the house of the tribe of Judah couldn't be a priest on the grounds of his ancestry, right? Um, and he's a king in Jerusalem, uh, and uh, Abraham pays ties to him, and he brings out bread and wine. Yeah, come on, you got to, <laughs> You got yeah, it. Oh, see that, now, right? I got to preach it. Okay, yeah. now so, so, I got to preach. So, um, 14. having teed you up for uh, some <laughs> Genesis fourteen that you weren't planning to preach, we're looking forward to that. Um, listen, uh, we hope that this has helped you and encouraged you to jump back into the scriptures. Um, Uh, particularly if your Bible reading has started to circle around Mark, Colossians, Psalm 23, and then back to Mark again. Those are wonderful places to read. But look, jump into the middle of the book of Judges or the beginning of the book of Judges or the books Mm -hmm. of Samuel or Genesis or Exodus, and and try to do so with the Christological lenses that Pastor Shaw will be encouraging us. And we're always trying to encourage you to embrace. But Pastor Shaw, particularly preaching from Genesis with this self-conscious eye to how is Christ the fulfillment of these things Mm.
1: and i'm i'm looking forward to it jeff thank you well thanks for that shameful plug shameless (laughs) shameless plug Plug,
0: sorry um listen um (laughs) please like share subscribe do whatever you want to do with this podcast share the video if you think uh, friends would like it and enjoy and benefit from it but for now i think i'll do from us god bless and bye for now